just when you thought it was safe to turn on the radio. W-R-F-L. Hello, Lexington. My name is Trevor Whatever, and this is Whatever Works. This part of the show is going to be a bit different than our usually scheduled jams, but it'll be cool, I promise. We've got a pretty cool guest with us today, a local composer and sound designer whose work has been featured in indie games like 2064 Read Only Memories, the upcoming Cerebral, and the app Zooker, among other places. Additionally, his album Memories of Tokyoto has earned critical acclaim for its homage to classic sound to the classic soundtrack of the Jet Set Radio series of games, which you're actually hearing right now in the background, and he hosts a podcast about music production and sampling called The Sample Study. His name is Too Mellow. Hello. How you doing? I am great. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing pretty solid. I've got my coffee and my coffee mm. cake on this fine Friday morning, so mm. can't complain too much. Alrighty, so uh, my first exposure to Jet Set Radio was the second game, Jet Set Radio Future, good. on the original Xbox Fortunate. back in 2002. Uh, that one came with my system along with uh, some racing game that Sega really CD? wanted to be. Sega CD? Sega GT, GT. I think. It, yeah. it really basically wanted to just be Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get into the series? Um, it was, honestly, I read a lot of video game magazines around the time of the Dreamcast, but I still had a Super Nintendo, so I was just looking at all these extremely colorful, uh, vibrant games and just wanting them so bad. That was when I first saw Jet Set Radio, and I think I kind of had an imaginary vision of, of what it would be in my mind until, gosh, until playing Future at a friend's house. And it was really funny because my friend wanted to show me, like, a football game on the Xbox and <laughs> Sega GT and I was just like let's keep this Jet Set Radio thing going yeah and he was just like this game is dumb what <laughs> yeah um, that one I I distinctly remember it as like being one of the one of the experiences that was only like an Xbox thing mm. uh, after after the Dreamcast had kind of uh, y- we all know what happened with the Dreamcast oh, essentially yeah. but PS2 uh, killed yeah uh, but like after that uh it was it was something that I knew that I'd like to go back to eventually, which was nice because they eventually released it on Steam. God knows how many years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the original games had a very particular feel and sound that made them stand out when they were originally released, and they're still remembered for it 15 years later. Was it challenging to try to recreate that vibe? Uh, yeah, to, uh, I would say like the the first few Tony Hawk games and Jet Set Radio games were the only ones to ever have like a scratching sound in the menu that wasn't the worst thing ever. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're, they're very like exuberantly stylish and they got away with it. Um, so what I did is just you know every sound comes from somewhere, and I, I wanted to I looked at. Uh, the composer uh, Hideki Naganuma, who did most of the sound, looked at his musical influences, which was a lot of like jazz. Um, and I also looked at this really good investigative thread on some Sega forums about uh, Sega sampling in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and if you just search up Sega sample thread, I think you could find that. And it's like 20 pages and it'll kill your day. But it's great. Mm-hmm. 
and I just learned about all the different sample CDs this stuff came from, so I investigated the stuff for myself, um, bought the ones that were still around, and started started figuring out how to how to ease that stuff into my already like pervas- uh, pervading style. So, so it was essentially like combining what what you found with what you already had like established and everything. Yeah, my idea was just to give people just to give the whole thing a Jet Set Radio tinge, yeah. but mainly just make it what I was already working on, which was if you listen to the Cerebral soundtrack, it's very like hyped up uh, hip hop and electronic meshed in the way that you wouldn't even be able to like say which one it is, um, and. Yeah, I, I want to basically say, hey, this is a Jet Set Radio thing, and then just fill it with music that I liked. And people, I figured, would just be like, oh, yeah, it is a Jet Set Radio thing, <laughs> because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people have generally seemed to uh, vibe with the idea of it, for sure. Like, it's it's gotten a lot of traction, uh, particularly even from Naganuma himself, mm. like who actually uh, mentioned that he, he liked the album on Twitter, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I still can't stop thinking about that, that, um, got to follow back, you know, it, it would be great to, to have a collab with him. Um, I've, I've followed his, his music ever since the first game released and he's done anime soundtracks. He's done like very limited run arcade games and mobile games. Uh, he's still very active and no one sounds like him still. So I think he has a great following from that. From just no one following up on this style that he created. Nice. Uh, so you mentioned uh, recently on Twitter as well that you were an English major here at UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your college experience like? Like, just out of curiosity. That was alright. I, <laughs> I I wrote a few uh, screenplays. I was into uh, I was doing like videography at the mm. time. I was into much different stuff. I think. Uh, the first thing I noticed about college is that it's clean slate. Everything is gone from high school. Like I had released a few albums in high school, and I was like, kind of, kind of feeling, feeling the heat about that coming into college. I was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this again. And it, no, it's just, it's all different. Um, you have to establish yourself again. Um, and, but I, I did really enjoy English. I, I enjoyed um, learning about more more parts of literature that I hadn't uncovered before. Um, you know, the, the literary canon is still pretty depressing as a yeah. whole. <laughs> you kind of like, no book is going to end happily, so that's spoilers. Uh, but it it was uh, very positive, and I think around the end, around the last two years, when I got involved with, with uh, journalism more and had a telecommunications minor and actually started doing more of the stuff I was passionate about, like audio stuff, um, is is when I it started to really click for me that I'm not going to escape this music thing and it's kind of my my goal. Nice. Uh, so actually, I I I wanted to get into some of the videography stuff a little bit because oh. I uh, I I I was just curious since you actually got your production like start uh, by working with. Uh, version of Sony Acid that was, mm-hmm. like, built for making music for, like, home movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's, what's your stuff like now? How's that, uh, how, how, how's your setup evolved since then? Uh, I use, like, really advanced programs, like a baby, basically. Uh, I, the, I, I still, uh, use DAWs, dolls, um, and that's, that's what I started with. 
Acid was about taking big blocks, like chunks of music loops, and uh, not straying too far from them. Uh, it would let you chop them up. And I, I definitely remember figuring out like how s- the smallest unit of a loop and how I could you know, make my own drums out of that. And just chopping them up, these pre-made loops that came with uh, acid. And you know, making my own stuff despite everything. Um, all the limitations. And I still kind of work with audio as like chunks on, uh, on Ableton Live, even though you have advanced sampling techniques and time stretching. I still like to see just like how many samples can I fit in here? Uh, which ways can I fit them in without destroying them too much? And when I do destroy them, what can, what can I create with that? Um, and I think that's why you hear all these weird vocal chops, all these little things getting thrown in for like half a second on my album, um, is that I just, I will just play whatever track I have going and I'll just play a bunch of samples from my collection and if anything strikes a chord, uh, then I'll throw it in, sometimes literally a chord. Nice. Uh, so uh, one of the... One, one thing I also wanted to uh, know a little bit more about, a lot of your early releases are actually mashup albums that you put together that combine legendary game soundtracks with classic rap icons and their songs and everything. So how'd you land on the idea of, say, for instance, combining Chrono Trigger with Jay-Z? Uh, i tell you exactly how I did that. It was, it was kind of a joke. You know how uh, certain rap lines just stick in your mind forever. Right. Um, this happens when you listen to it a lot. You just realize which ones you really like because they won't leave your head. Uh, and one of those was uh, Rapper XV, who I don't know where he is now, but he released some really good mixtapes and they were kind of nerdy and it was fun. Um, kind of like young rapper party music. And uh, there was a song called Be There, Be Squared, where he says, I never seen Jigga play Chrono Trigga. <laughs> and it was about relating to your, to your icons in that certain way. And I was like, oh, I can't stop thinking about that line. What if... What if I made like a one-off joke song where, where I actually did have Jay-Z as like a huge Chrono Trigger fan who was like, I'm going to remake the Black Album with this soundtrack behind it. Um, we're going to make it all beats and it's all going to be gravy. And, uh, and it was really good, like the first song I made. Um, so good that I started thinking about more songs. And I ended up getting like 12, 12 tracks out of it. Nice. Mm. So uh, it kind of just ended up uh, evolving from there to expanding to other rappers and stuff. Yeah, from a joke, and people liked it. And the thing people liked the most about it, which I think is very important for everyone doing mashup albums out there, uh, is that it has a story element and like a personal element to it. Like the whole idea of it was trying to to mold mold Jay Z into like a video game rapper in order to relate to him more. Because now I can have this imaginary but fully realized picture of Jay-Z in my head as like a video game fan and uh, with my follow-up Nasylvania I made uh, rapper Nas into like a member of the Belmont bloodline from the Castlevania series (laughs) in the story and I even made him fight Jay-Z incredible yeah it's I just kept going with the story thing uh, onto the Wu-Tang and everything cool so we're gonna go on ahead and take a short break but uh before that, we will go on ahead and play you guys one of one of his songs from Memories of Tokyo To, uh, the album that released last month. Uh, here's Old to the New from that album. Keep locked all the way to your left. Play six, 
of WRFL's programming is made possible in part by Puccini's. Puccini's menu includes pizzas, appetizers, pastas, soups, and salads as well as gluten-free options. Puccini's has two locations in Lexington at Chevy Chase Plaza and Boston Road in Manowar. It can be reached at 859-269-0404. WRFL thanks Puccini's for supporting College Radio.
Hello, Lexington. My name is Trevor Whatever, and this is Whatever Works. We've got two Mello in the studio. Hello. And we've got a couple of other questions for him. Uh, he actually produced Old to the New, which was the song you just heard. So, later on in your career, you started moving toward contributing tracks to indie games, as well as theme tunes for a collection of different podcasts and like YouTube channels. What was it like to transition from uh, mashups and original work to soundtracks and stuff? It was flattering because I, I, I was glad that people had the faith in me to make my own soundtrack um, just from hearing what I did to existing ones, I guess. Um, and yeah, actually actually working on a video game, you basically have to come, become a completely different kind of producer. Um, you have to let your passions go to some extent, but also you get to explore new ones like interactivity um, in media is a very weird thing, even different from scoring a film, um, you know, because different things can play out in games. Um, there are music can move with what the player does in the game. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, like, I, I'd imagine there's it's probably a bit more involved because you have to create a uh, Different, different sounds and different ideas for all of that. Those different variables that ended up, end up being part of the uh, part of the experience, you know. Yeah, like sad version, happy version, uh, battle version. Nice. I haven't had, I haven't had a game where I get to do a battle version. Yeah. All my games are nice. Maybe someday. Yeah. Uh, so, any advice or for folks either just getting started in producing music or still trying to figure out how to land on the right sound for their work? I do. I have like spiritual advice and and uh, business advice I guess um, one thing I would say is to to be true to you it's very important it stays important um, you may think that you, you get to a point where chasing after some particular style or doing something um, someone has like a deal for you that is not quite you Just don't do it um, it's there is no like amount of money or exposure that is worth uh, doing something that is against you and is eventually going to confuse your product I guess um, other things stick stick with it uh, even if you have a day job it doesn't mean that you're not pursuing music um, in fact it's, it's very important to do that because I think having something to schedule around actually makes you a lot better at working uh, a lot of people will say like oh you know save up enough money to go produce music in a cabin for six months or whatever that's it's actually very very tough um to to focus in that environment and you know you can't just sit down and make an opus um don't work for free um ever that it kind of devalues every artist in your field you know uh when you do that uh, if, if one person gets something from you for free, they're going to be trying to get that for the rest of their career. Um, the tools don't matter. I'm just spitting them. The tools don't uh, ever matter as much as you do. Um, so, you know, if you see something, someone using some flashy piece of software, they might be promoting that. You know, you don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it also might be their baby. It might be their one thing they use. But what I'll say is that when I first started producing music, I bought like 30 plugins and um, didn't learn how to use any of them properly at all. Uh, and over the years, I've pared down to using like four things and knowing how to do everything with those four things. So, so what I would say is um, 
to just even if you have like just freeware th- uh, synths and reverb and chorus effects just learn how to use those very well and you'll be surprised what you can get out of them and how quickly you can sit down and get something out of them once you understand them fully nice so there are three three video game soundtracks that come up in my streaming shuffles all the time fez ollie ollie 2 and tiny and big and grandpa's leftovers uh, all three of those are indie games and everything, but uh, what are some of the other gaming soundtracks besides Jet Set Radio that uh, you've enjoyed throughout the years? So, um, obviously really like Chrono Trigger. Um, Katamari Damashi uh, and We Love Katamari, first two Katamari soundtracks. Um, Silent Hill, one through four especially, are very good. Akira Yamaoka is another one of those names. Um, that, that keeps me going in the field. Uh, yeah. Um, recently, uh, Near Automata and uh, the original Near are incredible soundtracks that that elevate what is usually kind of a um, bare bones assets and budget uh, quirky RPG into like a really cinematic experience. It shows what a soundtrack can do for media. Rad. Hmm. So, uh, what's next for you? Uh, where Where do you think that your uh, music or y- just your work in general is going to go? Well, um, I think I'm going to start doing more vocal stuff again because people had a very, very good reception, specifically to the vocal stuff on the Jet Set Radio album. And as much as you know, I love producing in this style, uh, and I was almost people want to follow up, and I was almost tempted to go right into that, but. Um, I'll probably let it wait for like a year and do I'm going to do like a, uh, a soul sampling album like thinking about Jay Dilla and Nuja Bass uh, some some producers of like slower calmer hip hop who are important to me um, and then I'm going to continue my midnight broadcast beat tape series which is very uh, relaxed type of hip-hop music hey uh maybe a little bit like the lo-fi chill beats to study to that has taken over <laughs> yeah yeah the internet and all of our minds rest um, in peace to the original stream yeah. yeah yeah so cool uh where can we find your stuff and everything where's uh the best place to find you uh to is the best place to find all my music I have a website as well, tmello.net, but that's more for hiring me. Um, Twitter.com slash mellowmakes. I don't know if I even had to do the whole URL. I think Twitter is popping enough that I can just say mellowmakes on Twitter. Um, and it's two mellowmakes on Facebook. Yeah. Radical. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you one more thing before you go. Uh, what what, what uh, song do you think would probably be the best to play you out with from the album? Oh, let's see. Um, I think it would be really nice to hear Pump Up the Love. All righty. You got it. So keep locked all the way to your only alternative left, WRFL, Lexington. Thank you. 
volume and wake up the neighbors. Are you hearing this or what? Is your heart pounding with the beat? Am I getting through to you? Show me what you got. I'm counting on y'all. 